Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. The scariest movie of all time. (laughs) (laughs) This is, uh, yeah, we're back on our Stephen King habit now. I love Steve. It's about time. Steve is the most important man in horror. This is a big one. My life, man. Yeah. I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. And we were just talking about, yeah, oh man, we've done so many Stephen King episodes. We don't shut up about Stephen King. We look back and it's like, I think we've done like four. (laughs) Yeah, we are. Half a dozen. Very absent on the King. It's because we did one double episode. Of Sleepwalkers and Doctor Sleep, I'm like, we've done fucking every one of them. We've done them all. <laughs> we've done all the essentials. Giving myself three years later hand <laughs> handshakes for one episode. Mission accomplished, guys. <laughs> there is literally no more important man to my history with horror mm. than Stephen King. Or a name that's associated with so many movies. There's got to be 50 plus movies this guy's... Totally. Got a name, too. Everything. TV movies, TV yeah. series. Oh, man. All of it, right? Just watched Salem's Lot like the, for the first time like a year ago. Oh, so good. So good. Yeah. So good. And it's, yeah, it's not like a hidden secret that the guy <laughs> guy's written 45, 50 novels, right? It's a real hidden gem, this guy. millions. The guy's one of the most <laughs> known, widespread, best-selling authors in history. Yeah. With good cause. So it's not like necessarily the like cool underground answer to say, oh, my favorite author, Stephen King. <laughs> but sorry, Stephen It's like admitting like Spielberg's one of your favorite directors. Like, sorry. Yeah. I've watched like 40 Steve movies. Mm. Yeah, the 100 Steves, million people can't be wrong. Yeah, the Steves have it. <laughs> I know. Sorry, I the Steves just, have it. I had it. that thought the other day. I was like, why is this the best person in every field named Steven? <laughs> Well, Not I don't fair. like Broadway. Sondheim? Uh, Damn it! Son of a- <laughs> the Steves have it! The Steves just got it. Yeah, Spielberg's best. I love him. Sorry. You're like, oh, War Horse wasn't good. Oh, sorry. I'll watch one of the other 80 <laughs> movies that he did. So what? Maybe I'll never watch Lincoln again. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm still rereading Stephen King books from when I was the first horror books I ever read, right? Going through all these, and when I was a kid, going to the library and sneak reading Stephen King, that was it. That was horror for me. Yeah. That was all of it. That's responsible for all of it, right? Seeing it as the TV movie, that's it. I knew this name. This name done good things. This name knows how to scare me. Speaking of a name that scares you, we're talking about Cujo. Cujo. Maybe the best title for any just like name of a thing as the title like i like christine carrie's great but cujo there's just something so cool about that dolores such a playborn <laughs> stand correct cujo right yeah and when pete when he's not on screen people are asking have you seen cujo lately <laughs> they are <laughs> you know everyone wants to know where that dog is killer dog killer car Pretty dumb. Seems <laughs> like it would be pretty dumb, right? I've seen that James Brolin killer car movie. I think it's called The Car. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the car blasting through a double wide. That's cool. But I don't know how scared I was of the car. Christine. Christine's a scary car. Right. Christine shouldn't work as well as it does. Cooge, a dog. Scary dogs. Dogs are scary now. As a rule, humans are stupid about which animals they think they can fight, right? St. Bernard in this movie is like the scariest animal I've seen in a movie. I think that's so, yeah, like as as hard it is to make a car look dangerous, making a St. Bernard look dangerous, to me, that's the the bigger task. Because I grew up as a Beethoven kid, obviously. (laughs) Everyone loves St. Bernard's. Beethoven boy. <laughs> I was a B-boy. Uh, got them all on tape. You had the Beethoven's fifth. Everyone loves that. You had all, right. Or, or you'd hear about the St. Bernard with a little beer in his collar helping out the hikers. You're like, 
Who couldn't love a St. Bernard? <laughs> you had the Clifford books. <laughs> I was raised with the biggest of dogs. Yeah, but Cujo is a scary dog. Scoo-jo- and this Man. movie makes him scary. There's all these movies with monsters that, you know, like Godzilla. I am not scared of Godzilla. Mm. If a Godzilla dinosaur was down the block, I'd be just like kissing my ass goodbye. Sure. What am I going to do? Run? Am I running from Godzilla? You would definitely point and yell Godzilla. Sure. Well, yeah. <laughs> you got to do that. Bylaws. <laughs> it's part of the neighbor. Yeah. And like, uh, this guy's not pointing. <laughs> like the Meg, a 90-foot shark. Oh, no, a 90-foot shark, and I'm in its environment? Well, goodbye, then. Yeah. That's it. A Cloverfield monster? Look, if a monster's just going to rip his hands through my apartment complex and scoop bodies out, what am I going to do? You know, all these apocalypse movies, what, am I going to fight somebody for dog food in five years? No. (laughs) I'm done. I'm out. Well, it's always like, that'll never happen, obviously. But a St. Bernard, standing... As tall as a man, and probably weighing about as much as a man. It's like this fighting yourself thing, but it's this version of yourself who is only looking to win. Mm-hmm. He's survived. He doesn't care if you're going to start gouging panicky at his eyes. He wants to kill you, and he's your same size, and he's going to use his big old meaty... Pu- like He's, he's just sharp small teeth. enough yeah. while being huge that the death isn't going to be immediate. There's going to be fight. <laughs> And struggle and clawing, like being eaten to death by a dog. Yeah. Really? Just being mauled. Sounds like probably one of the worst ways to go. Biting it, bitten in half by a shark. Sucks. <laughs> Sucks, right? But those razor sharp teeth, they do a good job cutting the first time. It's bad. But I bet you go numb from bleeding out pretty quick. Oh, sure. I would hope so. A dog? Being mauled by one dog, regardless of size. One dog. Not strong enough to knock you out. Not strong enough to kill you in one or two or five bites. Nope. It's going to go on longer than that. Mm-hmm. That's scary. And <laughs> that's, that's scary. I, again, yeah, I'm not going to be in the ocean getting eaten by a shark, so I can just cross yeah. that off my I'm not things going to be scared in there, of list. buddy. Yeah. But a dog just showing up at your house and then going after you. That de- does happen. If a neighbor dog <laughs> just wanders around. Yeah, there was a dog off a leash running around the neighborhood last weekend. Now, it was a shih tzu. <laughs> right. No problem this time. But second, some guy moves in with a mastiff or some other giant dog. What that guy? That guy's going to walk out down the sidewalk past me? Mm-hmm. We are on a, like, I think a very tentative agreement with a lot of animals. Especially dogs, we think of them as our best friend until suddenly they decide they're the leader of the pack. And uh, you got to train those bad boys. You got to really let them know who's boss because they will decide who's boss if you don't. I like a good animal movie, right? An animal horror movie. I get into stuff like Night of the Lepus. Mm. I (laughs) I got scared by the killer shrews. Oh, yeah. Right? (laughs) Right? That shouldn't be that Those scary. dogs in true costumes dogs, are terrifying. Man, I was I talked about how scared of dogs I am with this one. And yeah. Cujo is the scariest dog on film. For all the jokes about how the shark looks fake in Jaws. And you find out Cujo, Cujo used four dogs, a dog robot, and a man dressed as a dog. <laughs> yeah. I like you that show tidbit. me. You show me when everybody's just like, that's a man. He's like, <laughs> I know. He's, I kept looking he, for the. <laughs> you kept looking for the. I couldn't tell. That dog scared me every second it was on that the That was screen. a real dog. Yeah. That was no animatronic. I guess maybe, like you said, there was one. Yeah. For some close ups, I'm sure. But that was really a dog pawing away at that car trying to get those people. Inches away, right? This is. This is, I think, just, I can't name scarier movies than this. This is scary. This is a claustrophobic movie. This is a uh, kid in danger movie. Wow. Mom and her child spend half the movie if you trapped get, in a pinto. If and, you have something against Danny Pintaro or D. Wallace, then tune out now. Because I'm going to be doing <laughs> nothing but talking about two of the greatest horror performances in horror history. Yeah, especially from a six-year-old. This kid is really scared, and it's really upsetting to watch when he is having his freakouts, because it is real. 
I've talked many times. Like about. I don't think they told him this is a movie. I think, <laughs> I, I think they stuck the him realest... in a car and had a dog attack that car. <laughs> it is the realest horror performance I've seen, and from a chut. This yeah. is the most scared person I've ever seen on camera. I think, yeah, I think that's a good, uh, good contender for that. For the sure. fact it's a six-year-old boy who looks exactly the same as six-year-old me. <laughs> And is just being terrorized for this movie. If I had seen this movie when I was young, I would have died. Hmm. This would. This is too real. The realest horror performance ever. He's too real. This yeah. kid. You could. You have to feel like this kid didn't know it was a movie, right? He obviously did. I heard. Sure. The, I heard the Jacob Tremblay story about him. So scared in Doctor Sleep. We've talked. I always mm-hmm. bring up Tremblay. Mm-hmm. I always compare the other horror movie kids to Jacob Tremblay. <laughs> but that story about JT. him being the most scared in a scene as he's being <laughs> basically eaten <laughs> by old weird gypsy the, yeah. shining people. <laughs> and by Rose the Hat, Divvy in this kid's salty fear. Mm-hmm. And then once the yells cut, he like, Hops to his feet and like high fives his dad and goes grabs a banana from craft services. Old pro. Sure. Danny Pintaro's like a five or six year old boy. That's young. Mm-hmm. That's young to be this scared and acting this convincingly. This is the most convincing terror. This kid thought he was going to die. <laughs> You look at that kid's face, he knows he's going to die. Yeah. And he is not handling it well. And this As well, he shouldn't. No, but yeah, he really does not wait to freak out. When, uh, when that dog starts attacking, he is immediately sobbing. It's crazy. And wouldn't we all? This kid is <laughs> screaming bloody murder and so terrified. And yep, I get it. I would be doing that right now, mm-hmm. present day. And Dee Wallace really acts like a mom who's trying to take care of her kid, figure out how to get out of this car, and eventually is like, I don't have patience to deal with the screaming thing anymore. This Because I'm scared too. Dee Wallace and Danny Pintar, these performances are incredible. This is the most realistic motherhood performance, right? Mm. This, this felt like her kid. This never felt like... Her kid. Part of that was because it's crazy she would be shaking a kid as violently that was not her own child. A lot of shaking she and smacks flipping and him around. Shakes this kid, yeah. man. She gives Pintaro a beating. And probably off camera, a little yeah, little Danny's like, It's okay, yeah. We're good. We're good. Give it to me. I got yeah. pads. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Here's I'm auditioning for who's the boss next week. This was in the middle of a cool, crazy career peak D. Wallace run. Howling, E.T., Cujo. Mm-hmm. But seeing her in Cujo, and let me, not just her in Cujo, did you notice the D. Wallace in? Yeah. Oh, she gets the top billing there. I Obviously top billing, but the... This would have been, yeah, probably, what, a year or two after E.T.? There's only so many actors that get the their name in. Mm-hmm. Not all get the Steven Seagal is. <laughs> right. <laughs> is would is not much more rare, movie. right? Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't work there. But D. Wallace in Cujo. And the score that we get hit with. What an effectively screech that Bernstein score. Mm. Like, wow. Everything. Such a small movie. Minimal cast. Believable. Well adapted from the novel. But these two performances, yeah, Danny D. Wallace and Danny Pintaro <laughs> in this kid. They're like, we got to get him in. Who's does the he boss. get an and? Yeah, does he get an and Danny Pintaro as Tad? Doesn't he get an ad, as? Does Tad? he get an as Tad? Or is that just in my brain? <laughs> he Tad is such a dumb. <laughs> Introducing weird name. Danny Pintaro as Tad. <laughs> you want it? You want it? So that is uh, the. I don't. Uh, I don't know why anyone would be named Tad. I don't get that at all. You get one Tad. I'd appreciate it. <laughs> and that is the front men of Tad. Yeah. Tad Doyle is the, is the only Tad we recognize. I guess so. <laughs> I, I feel like, because then they, they call him Tadpole the whole time. You know, like little kid nicknames. Like, did you name him Tad just for the Tadpole 
Or is that like or is nickname? his nickname Tadpole? And then it's like sometimes I call tacos like Tox, right? <laughs> Which can you know full name Tadpole? Yeah, full name Tadpole. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, I I also love that this is a classic Stephen King like family drama, and then the horror enters into the family. This whole this is this forty five minutes before Cujo's fully rabid. We get yeah. Even though, get even though he's the opening scene getting bit by the, I love that opening scene of just like the idyllic little rabbit and him running through the field and it's like do 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 do, and then gets into the <laughs> bat gets his cave, face ripped to shreds and, yes. by some bats. Oh man, those shitty little bats. Boy, he really went. He dove head first into that bat cave though. He wanted it. He was asking for he it. He should have. Yeah, he should have backed it up. He shouldn't have been. Once he couldn't get through the hole, he should have said, okay, all right, <laughs> He rabbit. was stubborn. We established right away that this dog is stubborn. Yeah. So. That's true. He brought some of this onto himself, but. <laughs> he was already kind of a dick. Yeah, we get this slow build to Cujo's kind of woozily, drunken, pus-growing, goopy face grow. you know. Yeah. We also get introduced, so. I got a little extra joy. I didn't realize I need this this much. I, I got this boost to seeing hmm. Cujo. Saw it, played recently at the Roxy. Uh, you know, few of us went. Tim was there. Our buddy Tim does this thing. I, I kind of love it. <laughs> Tim loves nothing more than when a movie is set, like, within a 200-mile radius of us. Mm-hmm. He gets so pumped for it. And I didn't know how much I needed it when Cujo's starting, and I got a... That's Glen Ellen, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a little Calling Glen Ellen, baby. Bode- is that Bodega? We got Bodega here. This is like in Mendocino. This is all. Area. Yeah, it's it takes place in Maine. It's supposed to be Castle Rock, Maine. You see Maine on the on the license plates and stuff. But yeah, it was all filmed here in Sonoma County, up in Mendocino County. Yeah. And uh, it all. Yeah. It the big always... house that they live on on the coast there had to be Mendocino coast. Definitely is. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, it, yeah, it's all like Sonoma Valley fields. And yeah, I assume that that farm where, where we're at most of the movie overlooking that valley, that's that could be Petaluma or Santa Rosa it is. somewhere. Yeah, yeah, man. I love, I am a sucker for these movies set around all the roads that I grew up and yeah. drove around on, right? It's, and for the horror to get so real and for them to cast a kid who purposely looked so much like <laughs> yeah. six year old me. This is too much it's for too me. It's too weird, right? This is almost too much for me to handle. And, <laughs> you know, uh, but we do set up with this family, this local drama. Mm-hmm. We get a lot of dirt bags in this town. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of bums. Uh, honestly, Dee Wallace as, as Donna, the wife who's cheating on her, like, perfect husband, perfect dad, uh, Vic... <laughs> Cheating on him with Steve, the the handyman, local stud, as she calls local it. Local stud. Uh, kind of an unlikable character. Yeah, Honestly, man. Donna's not... I, I found myself being like, Donna's... I'm not really a fan of Donna. She's kind of fucking this thing up I right like, now. I like and this I, aspect of... It's not the, the nicest woman you know getting into a, yeah. a bind. It's a woman who's got her own big batch of troubles, who's making a lot of mistakes, who's forced into the worst situation of her life. Like, it's a putting things in perspective yeah, kind of horror movie, right? You get to the end and you real, you know, you realize the things that are important after you're di- after you have 18 hours that are never going to be, you know, you're never going to recover from. Mm-hmm. I forget how much of it just like, man, Donna is bad. Her husband is going through the worst day of his professional life. She ain't. She's just. This is like you saying, like, no, Eric. I'm saying our newspapers poisoned people. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, yeah, right. The work is hard. <laughs> sure, sure. But no, I don't think you're hearing me. Like, people are dying just by touching the press. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's something I things didn't, are tough for people. Right? Didn't remember about this movie is that there's a whole subplot of the dads advertising campaign going belly up because of the cereal named sharps has given people uh internal the hemorrhaging. bright red food dye makes it seem like people are just like <laughs> shit and blood don't don't name your cereal sharps. and it's card called like chefs it's like pointy it's objects like crusty's like razor o's or something <laughs> yeah. don't do that <laughs> so this guy his professional life is in shambles their existence is handing by 
he's the one working here. But he also knows there's the distance between them already because, yeah, she's been sleeping with this other guy for quite a while. And he comes into the house and he's building them furniture and it's a real man cuck situation. So the, hu- <laughs> the husband's trying to trying to work through that, finally sees them together. It's just like, oh, the, that the feeling first, of just this family is falling apart. The first, the first half of this movie yeah. is one man's all-time dog shit day. <laughs> and then we get D. Wallace's all-time. We get D- Pintaro, Tad's worst day. We're getting everybody's worst. We're running the gamut of worst days. Mm-hmm. To have it's your, Cujo's worst day too. Cujo, He's not enjoying yeah, this. Terrible. He hates it. He doesn't <laughs> want to be this man. This wasn't. He's having who he these was. bad reactions to loud noises, and he's just yeah, he's going insane. Yeah, he's going not good. crazy, right? Everybody in this movie is having the worst day of their <laughs> lives. Every one of them. All oh, coming together. We see a dozen people have the worst day of their life, and including notable dirtbags Ed Louder. <laughs> yep. You know, Mil what's his name? Mills Watson. Fat guy. <laughs> what a good fat big great big screen fat guy. And this husband though, man, his work life is falling apart. Oh, and you find out the wife's sleeping with the fix it guy who the novel described as having a penis with a, a smoky scent. Oh no. Yeah. Oh dear. That's the kind of thing you're reading at eleven and it's just like <laughs> they should be watching this more carefully. <laughs> An outdoorsy feel. I'm like, I shouldn't be reading that. They they don't rate books like they do movies. <laughs> no, man, they like, there should be an R slapped on that cover. Kids could go right over. I, I was <laughs> I was diving through them. Uh, yeah, the handyman Christopher Stone is was uh, D. Wallace's real life husband. Yeah, he's and, in the Howling, right? Yeah, they he, did a they're, lot they're, of stuff together. Yeah, and she was D. Wallace Stone for many years too. And uh, but yeah, right. this is a great like seeing them have this. You know, she's breaking up with him, and he's trying to fight back for her and he's a yeah he's a real scumbag in this movie yeah man i i do miss the bums yeah when she said local stuff just like i i identify with dirt bags even though i'm not positive they would recognize me as one of their own <laughs> but the whole the tight old t-shirts like cut off jean shorts like yeah he, yeah, yeah. Uh, I identify with the dirt bag. Christopher life. Stone actually really reminded me, like, if Tom Atkins in Halloween Three was like just a handyman instead of a doctor. It's like yeah. pretty much the same character. <laughs> Tom Atkins gets the fake Tom Cruise doctor confidence excuse. Yeah, Tom Atkins does some kind of shady things in Halloween Three, but he kind of has the like. Well, he's a and, like doctor. all of his movies too. Yeah, <laughs> he is a doctor. Like, yeah, it's but this guy, he's like, Atkins. he is a. A local fix-it man. Mm-hmm. No, dirtbag life, right? I don't know if I am one, but maybe I'm not. But I do always I don't love, think you're a dirtbag. I don't, I don't, maybe. I identify with parts of the dirtbag lives. I like smoke in front of movies. That's kind of, <laughs> that's like dirtbag-ish. There's some dirtbag elements. So, yeah, I don't know if they recognize me as one. You're not I, going around sleeping with married women. <laughs> no. I mean, not yet. <laughs> that we know no, uh, I identify with these as I love getting a movie with dirt bags, and this is some kind of serious dirt bags. There's dirt bag comedy, yeah. The mood shifts. This is real family drama, and then all the local handymen and grease grease monkeys getting picked off by a man dog. <laughs> that first fight, oh, Cujo clawing to get in through a door. Mm-hmm. Man, every bit of Cujo angry I think is terrifying this dog crashing through a door tackling you standing on his legs like wrestling with you yeah they made it look really this real look scary real. Yeah. yeah there's a yeah he, he I love the guys like I don't give a shit Cujo I don't give a shit he's oh, trying man. to fight this dog off and uh yeah just Man, Mil- fighting Mil- a rabid St. Bernard does not look easy. Mills Watson, that, that actor, has been... He does did a lot of comedy TV. He was on Sheriff Lobo. Sure. <laughs> you Lobo. Know? Uh, <laughs> Lobo. <laughs> you know? And uh, he was like Harper Valley PTA. A lot of 70s mm. comedy actor, right? Mm-hmm. Playing bumbling sheriff types. Him playing kind of more of a drunken like, I don't give a shit, Cujo. What are you going to kill me? Come on. I'm not fucking like this today, Cujo. <laughs> yeah. 
Just don't. He's to the point of life where he's just dumping garbage in the garbage part of the yard. Oh man, that that whole house is just like that. That man's living in a in a condemned house. That is not a uh, livable home. When he's when you're like coming face to face with a dog and being like, "Not today, <laughs> not today," and then you pull back on his life and you're like, "Yeah, right. I get it." He doesn't. He doesn't give it. But I didn't want to see him get mauled to death by a dog. Just see, oh man, the way they frame him, he's like under the stairs at the end of the attack, and you just see Cujo just shaking a body around. Like, that's a real, like, <laughs> like that shit happens, man. <laughs> the moment, how, looked sc- real. how scary would it be if you're fighting an animal like this? A dog. Uh, the moment you realize you're losing. Mm. is so scary to me, right? When you're holding your own and you're desperate and you know there's this chance and the moment when you realize, like, I don't got this. Mm. And you see that in this guy's face. It's good to hire one of these great character actors for a one-two scene role. Yeah. Because they can give you that kind of pop. Something like this. You see the moment when he knows, well, I wasn't expecting to be killed by a dog today, but this is it. Mm. I don't want... Like, I don't want to fight tacos. I don't want him to make me fight him. I don't think you'll lose to tacos. Yeah. Although, I don't know if he's rabid. You know, Pet Cemetery is. What if a cat? Mm-hmm. King's tackled all these different sites. He's testing it. He's testing it. Like, can I do cat? <laughs> I didn't fully remember doing Cujo. Can I do a cat? My uh, Yeah, the thing I realized watching Cujo is like, Stephen King had a real hard on for like putting kids of various ages in terrible danger specifically small ages yeah single like, digits yeah ages. it was like uh yeah he's he started with a teenager in carrie right and then he's moving on to younger kids in salem's lot and we got a six-year-old by cujo and then he's like what if it's like a two-year-old in pet cemetery <laughs> yeah, what pet if cemetery. i kill a two-year-old yeah, what if it's and a kid who's just have to bring him to back walk, <laughs> yeah, sick, what, if, what if uh what if a what if a 10 year old kills a baby in it all right, yeah, I'm going to write that. It's like, man, this guy just knows how to really disturb you. Childhood is you. the scariest part of our lives. <laughs> he targets childhood a lot in his horror movies. Or is it just him as a father, like, going, because that's, you know, as a new dad. Pet Cemetery had to be it's like over being a dad. My brain just loves to just be like, what if the worst thing ever happened? Or what how, what, would that, what would that look like? <laughs> and, yeah. you know, his... His brain probably worked a lot in the same way of just like drunkenly, yeah, thinking, what if, what if, because it's all the stories you hear, I was like, he was inspired when he like saw a dog. <laughs> sure. To his, so, you know, he just oh, sees yeah. a dog and he's like, yeah, what if that thing killed me and my whole family? What would that look like? Yeah, I've, I've heard him say something like, you know, that people, you know, in interviews used to ask, like, you know, where do you get your ideas from? He's just like, you don't want to see my ideas. Like, trust, <laughs> like, I'm living with these things, right? They scare me. Like, Not fun. I'm saying what scares me. And so many of these fears are so universal. And this movie is so precisely scary. You know, you can say that he gets to the root of horror. No, this feels like a, a Truman Show situation hmm. in too many ways where King was like personally commissioning the worst moments of my childhood and being like, now we'll get a guy that looks just like this kid. <laughs> it's so... Same dis- hair, same... Had that cut. Yeah. God. I texted my mom for these photos like four days ago. I'm wearing the same outfit as this kid, that brown and red striped polo. Oh, wow. There's shirts. This picture's existed in our hallway. Yeah. I was reminded of me in these outfits from, you know, five, six years old for the whole time living in that house. They exist. And this kid is a dead ringer for six-year-old me, man. Man. Same blonde bowl cut. And I had some experiences Cujo related there was a neighbor dog we lived out in the country mm-hmm. like I said before and so going over to like my friend's house you weren't just walking down a sidewalk to like two houses down you had to either go down the hill gravel road and loop around or you cut through a couple big backyards right no fences just large open land right neighbors had a big dog named Mary Jane mm. I got chased three different times by this dog where I thought I was going to die. Oh yeah. When you're five, six years old, the dog is big. The dog outweighed me. I had to jump into the bed of a pickup truck because this dog was on my heels. The first time I was chased by it. 
run into my friend's house. No idea a dog was out running around. These are the worst days of, of my life, right? And Better a pickup truck than a Pinto, I guess. I guess. Been trapped inside <laughs> of a car by a dog? Jeez. At least I had a running chance. Yeah. Nobody had a running chance in Cujo. Covered too much ground too quick. Man, walking to Colin's house. Just There was this day, one of the other times. I'm like 20 feet from passing past their fence tree line over into the other yard, right? And like out of a movie, Mary Jane comes around the corner of the house and we're like facing each other from like 20 feet away. Mm-hmm. And my place is, my, my parents' place probably, you know, eighth of a mile back and I just turn and run. <laughs> and that dog chases immediately. It's chased by a dog at that age is scary. It's amazing that I can look at a dog and be like, I'm fine with these guys now. Look at how cute sure. that corgi is. Mary Jane <laughs> ruined like a couple years, right? But it ends on a great note because the other time it happened was with a buddy. And I see that dog. And my friend Eric's with me. We're going over to play video games. And the second that dog appears, with no warning, I take off in the other direction screaming, Mary Jane! <laughs> and Eric, with no, without going like, what's going on? He just turns and just like, when, you're, when you see a kid that scared... It's like no questions. Yeah. You're like, no, this guy has information. And we run screaming all the way back. And I'm screaming her name the whole time. Just fearing for my life, hoping I'm not slower than my buddy Eric. Yeah. We get in my house, slam the front door, like backs to it, sitting against the door, out of breath. And my buddy Eric Ortner just goes, who's Mary Jane? (laughs) (laughs) That was that. We laughed so hard. Boom. washed away right that was done but dude being chased by a dog when you're five being trapped in a car and the biggest dog of your life slams into the side of your door covered in blood i mean this dog by the time it gets to this pinto scene you know yeah i love the slow transformation of cujo from big fluffy dopey harmless looking dog to slowly getting just dirtier he goes and sits under the house because he can't stand the noise. Him living under the porch. And he's just getting muddier and dirtier. And this, yeah, like you said, this oozing out of his eyes. And finally you see the, the foam and the slobber and the bloodshot of the eyes. And just the way they made this dog turn into this uh, he was a monster, real monster. And I love the, yeah, the thing I never remembered watching this movie 25 years ago was I love the Stephen King aspect of the... Oh, don't worry, son. There's no such thing as real monsters. This kid's scared of the monster in the closet, and they have to convince him there's no such thing. And then there is. Yeah. And that's such a great Stephen King, like, no, there are monsters, and they go for kids specifically. Yeah, he confronts <laughs> it. Man, I don't know if King, like, did he did more to scare me and ruin my childhood or like prepare me yeah put me on my toes well, right yeah dogs kids clowns are, yeah these things target kids they don't care some the worst yeah. things in life target kids and he presented that in the goriest fashion that moment where a kid realizes that they're not safe that their parents that have tell that are, have been telling them nothing but they're safe as long as you're with me mm-hmm when you're not safe. I hate to keep diving into my own childhood trauma, but it was captured <laughs> no, so abundantly, vividly clear on the biggest screen in the damn county, watching myself relive these horrors <laughs> and experience right. them and die on screen. So we went just, you know, when like a big event of your week as a kid was like, I went to the store with my mom. Mm-hmm. You know, you're riding in the car, you might get some Skittles. You're not an <laughs> ass. But like going on normal... Friday errands with my dad. We were dropping something off at, you know, a friend's. He, co- I'm in the car just waiting because it's a quick drop off. And my dad comes back with a real huge dog bite. Oh. Dripping blood on his forearm. And he's doing that thing where you don't notice it until you notice. When a dad's doing the like, it's fine. Mm. Everything's fine. We're just going to drive out of here. Like, I know you've never seen me with an animal bite that's dripping blood wow. into the car. But, yeah. I've never been bitten by a dog. Mary Jane never ended up. Did you ever say me. what happened? It just. It was just a dog. A dog bit him. Yeah. The forget their who it was. Family in our church bit him. That was it. He didn't get rabies. He had to go get tests. Yeah. But he had a huge uh, big bandage on his arm for a few weeks. Probably doesn't even remember. Right. 
horrible day of a six-year-old's life. I could tell him he got bit by a dog. He goes, no, <laughs> I don't think so. Like, yeah, the scars are right there. Yeah, yeah you, plain as day. It was a bite. Right. So I did not see the dog bite the animal, but coming back as a child without having seen an animal bite, it, you know, to see, never, yeah, to see that something that is, kind of woo could hurt your dad. Yeah. Right. That was not how this Friday was going. We just had burgers. <laughs> now my dad's bleeding from mm. a from a wound, an animal bite. That's crazy. And then this kid proceeds to die for the final 45 minutes of this movie in very convincing fashion. It's too much to handle. Yeah, they uh this is like a reverse jaws where it's like the first half of the movie is like got all this character building and then the second half is just trapped but you're not on a boat hunting a shark you're in a pinto and this wild dog is just keeping you trapped there for days in the heat i love the you know adding that it's in the dead of summer so they're sweating it out and yeah it becomes so claustrophobic when they're in that car and everything is just right there and yeah. the dog is just always right behind he's them or right around everywhere and, it seems like he's forever away but there's no right choice and he's to able to it. like break you know he's like smashing the glass a little bit he's getting he gets into the car at one point it's just really scary stuff and they, that kid is just at his wits end after after like a day end, right? and she yeah she's barely holding it together and the kid is just making no attempt to hold anything together and then yeah eventually he starts like having these seizures getting, getting dehydrated and yeah they, they don't eat for like four days He's pe- somebody that can't find or whatever his it is yeah. two and a half I mean, days. It's just like a day and a half. It seems, or an overnight. It seems like two nights. It seems like at least two nights. Like they get there, they have a night. Yeah, I, th- I think it's like day. overnight. Honestly, yeah. it's it's close. There's only so, you know they realize she's gone that afternoon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it takes a the few dad's people on piling it. up. And yeah, it's and it's yeah that great confluence of like the family's out of town or has been eaten by a dog. The mailman's not showing up. Dad's out of town. You know, the handyman doesn't know anything. Yeah, so no one knows they're there. They're just all of a sudden isolated. There's no phones. There's no, you know, if they had made this today, they would have to have a scene of like, <laughs> there's no cell reception. Or, right. You know, they'd have to have that and detail. Just not knowing back then. Think You know, thinking of the times as a kid where I just went off and played without really saying <laughs> where or what I was going to do. Yeah. <laughs> just like, you can find a, yourself in a sticky sit. We went out and played in the hills, man. There could have been a mountain lion up there. We have plenty of mountain lions around here. Could have ended up climbing up a tree with my buddy. Yeah, right. For a night. Easily could have happened. Hell, I just there's a scene where they they all drive up in the in the uh, convertible to talk to the mechanic in the beginning. And the kids just like standing in the back seat while this convertible like I it kills me watching old movies and stuff. How you just see kids just unbuckled hanging out in cars. Like, that is just not the reality today. This kid is the ballsiest, most impressive kid, man. <laughs> what? Yeah, he's standing cars. This kid is ungovernable. <laughs> he is acting. He's a little real. firecracker. He, people watching this on set must have been horrified. Can you imagine being the mic guy? The gaffer on set when this kid is, like, getting slapped around by a woman and looks like he's dying? <laughs> They have to be constantly doing the like, we're all good here, right? They have to constantly right. be getting consent to do all of this. This felt so... This kid gives like an Isabella Johnny in possession, possession level of <laughs> intense emotion. But he's six. Mm-hmm. How's it possible? How's it real? I, I didn't see this on Who's the Boss. Yeah, I honestly don't know. It's, uh, yeah, it's... I. I it's just one of those things where this is just, they found the right kid, man. The 80s were just spoiled with great kid actors. That's... I mean, gluttony. I mean, but her and him together, the yeah. connection, it's so real. This movie, the fear in this movie isn't just this dog. It is just a real human fear. A woman and her child trapped in a hot car. Oh, also... A rabid, <laughs> giant animal out there. And also, you've just done a super convincing job of finally convincing your poor, scared son that he's got nothing to be afraid of. As long as you're with me, you're good. Yeah. You're protected, son. Whoosh. 
this is ruining the rest of his life. Oh, this kid's not sleeping well for a while now. It's no. done. They finally escaped the dog, but yeah, you know that kid's going to have a, a lot of trauma, they a lot of therapy not. to go to. The book was worse. The book was... Yeah. <laughs> this is a real missed ending, huh? Yeah. He they... was really on something during those dark years. I huh? know, yeah. This is one of those books that he claims he doesn't remember writing, and man, yeah, he must have just been angry. He this seems like have... a movie where or a book, a story where you're just filled with rage like a like a rabid dog but yeah tad in the book dies mom gets rabies from the rabid dog that's a bummer that's a bummer imagine watching the terminator and once linda allen's like your terminator it's just like that didn't do it either (laughs) nope this guy's gonna stalk me until my death and it's gonna play out over the next 20 oh we don't get to cheer along with her finally crushing Mm -hmm. the stalking terror the room would feel just like slugged. Can you imagine D. Wallace not getting any ounce of redemption? The kid dies in that book. Yeah. The kid dies? Where was this man at? I would say I didn't remember writing that too. <laughs> Killing the kid. And no, I haven't gets, read the book. She gets I know rabies, that, right? Yeah, I haven't yeah, haven't read the book, but having read stuff like Pet Cemetery, it's like, man, even when I was ten reading Pet Cemetery at way too young of an age. Yeah. Just the uh, emotion, the raw grief that goes into the, those passages. It's like, I can only imagine Cujo's just got this raw, terrible vibe to it. <laughs> really vi- bad vibes. <laughs> I, I read all of the worst Stephen King stories for a kid because all the ones I targeted were the shortest ones, right? Mm-hmm. I was starting small. I'm not starting it. You know, the 1,100-page ones. Jeez. Yeah, let's, right. Let's read up to The that. Shining looks pretty thick. I'm in the fourth grade. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's pump these breaks here, guys. Yeah, let's start with the, the short Dark stories. The Dark Tower trilogy? No. Hold on. So a lot of these short ones, the short stories are some of the most messed up, mm-hmm. like emotionally wrecking things. But it's so it was so obvious to me as a kid who was too young to be reading that getting away with murder over here across the street at the Healdsburg Public Library. Yeah. I remember so vividly his descriptions of grief and trauma. Right. This, that I didn't know, I didn't have anything to experience. You know, like, I've never witnessed these things he was describing, but in Pet Cemetery when their son's dead. And he describes the wife as like having doughy skin, mm. like sitting around the house in her bathrobe, just doughy. And just like, I felt it. I didn't know what I was feeling. How could I have? I have not yeah. lost a child. I'm 10. I'm 11. <laughs> tops. But it's like I'm feeling. And so, but it's so heavy. It's so palpable. It's yeah. just this taps into this universal thing that's like, I'm not experiencing this, but I'm understanding it. The way he is describing it, I am getting it. And it makes it all just so much scarier. I think you could say that definitely for the movie, too. Just you really understand what it's like to be in that car. To be trapped in this tiny, hot death box, and there's even worse death waiting for you outside. And, like, what do you do? At what point do you have to make a run for it, or do you just surrender? Yeah. It, when I'm saying fighting an animal, like, they're fighting to win, they're survivors. All they know is survive. And some are really good at it. We're too careful. Mm-hmm. You know, if we if we weirdly get into a fight with somebody, we're not just like, I don't care if I lose an eye. I don't care if I lose an well, arm. We're, we're overthinking it, right? Yeah, we're, we we're trying to strategize we, against Cujo. Cujo's just lunging with everything he's got. Yeah, you know? and this gives him such an advantage, and we are just watching this woman. It's the cutting the arm off in 127 hours, right? Exactly. At some point, I'm dying or I'm acting like an animal. I'm gnawing my arm off or I'm just saying like, I don't have what it takes to gnaw my arm off. This is it for me. Mm. This is the choice. Oof. And we are watching her realistically confront this choice, knowing that at some point I'm going to have to be an animal or I'm dying. And she does it too well. This is yeah. This is like the horror performance. I mean, this is it. This is horror, right? I think so. I've never yeah. seen this woman... That woman, when she is shaking true that kid, terror. I am hanging on this kid's like, you're waiting for this kid to breathe again. Mm-hmm. God, Danny Bintaro was not breathing for a long time. The mouth-to-mouth scene, 
which we eventually build to, we go through real life here. Yeah, he's he got really good at rolling his eyes in the back of his head. Man, that kid look. This kid looks so dead. Yeah, and that that uh, panic that is in her voice when she's trying to wake him up there at the end, and he's flat, just limp, and it's like that's that is the most terrifying, terrible thing that could happen to you as yes. a parent, right there. Watch just watching it, just just uh, yeah, and the makeup's great, and the uh, the the one name I did not. And, expect to see on this credits was Jan de Bont doing the cinematography. I the saw that. Director of Speed and uh he did the uh yeah, he shot Die Hard and the guy's a legend. Oh yeah, legendary, right? But it's like didn't realize was like, he was connected. Jan de Bont, all right. Louis Teague. Our director, Louis director Louis, Louis Teague. Yeah. Man. Cool career. Really really we nailed like, it. We love cool career guys. We did Cat's Eye. He's got yes. the King connection. Cat's Eye is a good trilogy. Good anthology. With a a Cujo and Christine cameo at the beginning of Cat's Eye. Yes. Where they show up, the cat's running around. (laughs) That's right. Cujo's chasing him. You know, I love Cat's Eye, but this is horror on a different level. Yeah, yeah. Cat's Eye is the creep show rye terror, you know? Cat's Eye is like a children's movie compared to this. It is, yeah. This is real. This is real horror. Yeah. This is horror. And, man, Teague did Alligator. Oh, he's got all the. We've seen. He's got all the believe, animal horror down. I can't believe we didn't do alligator. We, we saw we alligator still will. at Tarantino's theater. That's got to come up. Yeah, we should. We should definitely get back on the alligator train. The Forster, get the alligator, get yeah. the Teague movie. We got to get the rest of Teague because we got to do Jewel of the Nile. <laughs> Absolutely. We, obviously, we got to do Navy Seals. Ooh, Navy Seals. <laughs> We're doing the seals. <laughs> What a cool cr- man yeah. to get to do Navy Seals, but also just like, yeah, I made a couple horror movies in the eighties. Yeah, I'm doing this Navy Seals movie. Whatever, those that's the fu- that's gotta so pay fun. the bills. Yeah, that's so a jewel of the Nile. You're giving me the task with making the sequel to the only beloved dad movie in history. <laughs> that's tough. I was gonna say, do we have to do Romancing the Stone if we do Jewel of the Nile? Do we have to start with that? I mean, I guess I'm not opposed to doing them out of order, but if you're saying, do we have to do Romancing the Stone? <laughs> Eventually, we have to do Romancing the Stone. Clearly. I guess so. And yeah, we'll do Teague's sequel. The toughest act to follow in dad history. Mm-hmm. Gonna duplicate Romancing the Stone. Anyway, Louis <laughs> Teague, man. Cool career. He just, yeah, he really understood what makes this scary. It's kind of like, yeah... Carpenter with Christine, it's like when you, or uh, De Palma with, with Carrie, it's like when you find the director that can understand why it's scary. Spielberg. And, and with Duel, man. Yeah. Making just a truck scary. Absolutely. It doesn't work for all the kings. You know, it's like you you don't always get that. You, you Sometimes you get Firestarter or you get, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. And I like Firestarter, man. The movie. Or, or King himself doing uh, Maximum Overdrive, right? It's like, this isn't. Supposed to be scary, right? Say Steve? what you will about maximum overdrive. No, seriously, say whatever you will. <laughs> um, take maximum overdrive, please. <laughs> Trucks from uh, Night Shift, mm. the mm-hmm. the shorts. Trucks, I think, is one of his most chilling, scary, dystopian stories. Night Shift is a scary book. Some some real classics in that first. I think that's his first anthology. A lot of early magazine stories so. from from Night Shift. Uh, Night Shift, do I have that right? And, and the titles all yeah, sound yeah. so familiar. It is in Night Shift, the movie, uh, or at least the story. Like It's a giant bat like in a mine or something. Is that the same one? That's Graveyard Shift. Ah, Graveyard, Graveyard Shift. Shift's the big uh, rats okay. down in the, big the rats. cellar of a factory. Okay. Yeah. But that's in the that's in that book. Okay. Whatever, whatever one it is. I've read so many short stories of this guy. But Trucks is scary. Mm. It jumps you right into these people already like hiding out in a diner. Weird shit has been happening, and trucks are starting to show up. Just mm. this growing dread through 25 pages is like, now there were six of them, and they're all parked out there, and their engines are just idling, and they're just waiting us out. You don't see what starts to happen. Suddenly, people are just trapped in the diner, and it's so scary. That's cool. And the ending is so bleak, where people are just taking turns, not being allowed to sleep, and all they're doing now is just gassing up the trucks. Like, the trucks have already put them into, like, indentured servitude over an evening. Oh, it's, wow. It's just bleak, right? Mm. 
It's this weird apocalypse where you're like, oh, no, it's not zombies. It's cars. <laughs> but it's so scary. So then it's like, oh, yeah, we're doing maximum overdrive. It stinks. Yeah. But he's got, he's got a lot of these siege kind of horror movies. You got The Mist, uh, Cujo. They're you know, all, and they're trucks. all the scariest ones to me. The Mist. Yeah. They're holed up in a supermarket. Yeah. The Raft is the uh-huh. scariest yep. story of his. Yep. The Raft. Definitely too young to be reading that. Why are all of his 12-page stories the scariest <laughs> stories? It's not fair. It was such a trick. Yep. Ugh. Such I love a him. trick. The raft <laughs> is the scariest story, right? And it's just, you're trapped. And it's that feeling of hopelessness. Dee Wallace's hopelessness in this. When she is crying and sobbing as she's shaking. What she, at this point is starting to accept might be the corpse mm. of her of her son. Yeah. Awful. And even that moment, like, finally the dad, uh, away on his business trip, is like, okay, she hasn't picked up the phone in two days. I got to go back and find out what's going on. Also, I mean, if my wife and son are home alone and they don't pick up the phone for six hours, I'm going back. Right. I'm not waiting two days, but... The confluence the, uh, of events. The, all the events, yeah. So, that, so finally he gets home. He's telling the cops. Uh, Deep Throat from the X-Files is the lead investigator. Cop. All right, man. Why didn't... Uh, why the hell did I was like, hey, that the, guy. Uh, Jerry they, Harden only looks like Jerry Harden. Yeah, of exactly. And uh, they send the sheriff out to uh, to the farm to, to check on them because they know they went to that farm to get the car worked on. And then he gets immediately Cujo'd. <laughs> Cujo'd is just racking him up. And, uh, man, so, yeah, to have her see, like, oh, the, the cop, the help is here. The cavalry has arrived. And then, oh, he's shaking the cavalry in the barn now. They are so vicious. Like, King is so vicious at dangling this carrot of hope in front of her face. Right. The pain behind the car starting and her being backing up, getting the great moment of just, like, basically like flipping off the dog. <laughs> Yeah. And then the car just dies again. Like, womp, 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 womp. like <laughs> this woman is, it's so cruel. Yeah. All the hope that keeps getting, eh, maybe this will happen. <laughs> no, 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 no. For them to kill the kid and then, oh, and she got rabies. Mm-hmm. And out here, the rabies care ain't so good. <laughs> like, jeez. Boy, you just dangled my hope all the way to, the, this is sadistic. I know. She finally has, yeah, the the final fight where she finally gets out because she's got to get him some help. And you think she's stuck Cujo and she gets him in the house and you've got that great final monster moment that every monster movie has to have where he's not really dead. Crashing crashing through the window pane in the slow motion. That's a shot. That is a sequence. The shot. So fucking good. Where we first see where Cujo hitting the Pinto. I had this great theater experiences the kind of thing that you want to have the thing that makes theater experiences worthwhile we're sitting through the bad ones to get to these kind of moments when Cujo jumps up into that window in the sh- the way the shot looks you can Bond shot the shit out of this he movie. shot this movie <laughs> so good this is a picture no I know what you mean yeah just that bam you are inside the car. that tiny Ford Pinto with the big old window in the back copying, like, the pacer. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in a gremlin, basically. And the way that bang when he hits, man, you felt the room shift. Everybody in that theater shifted back the exact same way. And then it all got followed up with that perfect bit of, like, we're pretty dumb. Lap, you know, that, like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we got. Almost like a 3D effect, right, where it's, like. Cujo's coming out at you on the screen. Man, this would have been a cool 3D movie. Oh, God. <laughs> God, it'd be too much. I'd be... It's, I Little already Danny was, Pintaro limp. <laughs> just 3D. watching me die. <laughs> witnessing my death and witnessing all the like, remember this moment, Eric? <laughs> the worst. I didn't even tell you the time my mom forgot me in a car. That's right. Oh, I'm painting my parents as rough here, man. Didn't realize how hot it was. I fell asleep. You had the... all the Cujo I ingredients every, at different times. Every one. All <laughs> happened in like a two-year period. Car. 
<laughs> Seriously, my mom was running inside to return something. The line was longer than she expected to return. I fell asleep in the car after a long day of oh, man. doing errands. She came out of the car, and I was asleep and, like, sweating in the car. I wake up to, like, my mom, like, shaking me awake. This whole movie is the worst years of my life. Did your mom have that cool D. Wallace mom haircut in this Oh, yeah. Movie? She was a mom in, like, 1986. <laughs> she had that exact same haircut. The queen of the mom haircut. She had the little ducktail. And, and, <laughs> and the, and the big, is. flowy, weird, old, old-timey old dresses that D. Wallace wears in this one. No, my mom shopped at, like, Talbot's. Yeah. Nordstrom's Rack. Whoever did D. Wallace's <laughs> costume work in this movie. This is real. Had the some casting, fun. Beautiful. It was beautiful. D. Wallace, Danny Pintaro, the most believable mother-son going through a terrible tragedy. You know, I saw I saw Room. I saw Jacob Tremblay in sure. Room. This is very Room-esque. This is Room, but <laughs> we'll never get the kind of respect that Room gets. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a killer animal movie, right? It gets more talked about like the killer shrews by the cinema people, right? No, man. This captures the feeling of fear and claustrophobia and the human fight. I say we're not like survivors as dogs. We overthink. We rationalize. Not until she thinks her son is dead. Where she's like, my only chance is to beat this dog with a bat. She's known that's bats there since she clocked that bat Mm -hmm. ten minutes into her ordeal, right? Mm -hmm. And she's been wrestling with herself, just avoiding the fight with the dog. And that moment finally kicks in. She's like, nope. I have to. Brilliant. The execution and her journey, his journey, incredible. I think this is this is the yeah. scariest movie. I re- I got scared in the same way that like the realism of Black Christmas at a certain point scares me. Hmm. This woman being chased through a house by a man whose hand is almost grabbing her hair. Ugh. <laughs> God. Yeah, the scene where she where she gets out to look around for Cujo about halfway through this ordeal, and then he's right behind her. And when he jumps into the car, and uh, ah, that is scary, man. That is just really, it, it's really scary. They're a mixture of real dog, animatronic dog, and man in dog suit. <laughs> they nailed it. Is perfect. <laughs> There's no moment where somebody can point and laugh at like a zipper or anything close to it, right? Mm-hmm. This is a masterful work of real animal with, with man in, <laughs> in rubber suit. Wearing sloppy makeup. Yeah. Man, Mary Jane coming around the corner of the Silva's house was just like Cujo coming out from the from under the deck. The coast looking clear and that dog just <laughs> Yeah. Showing <laughs> just up every time you think you're safe. Ev- every time. Yeah. There's no way to make a break for it. That guy's everywhere. This is horror. This movie, I don't it was a bit it was a hit, right? It was a low budget, low location movie, but it made good money. I'm sure it made it. Yeah, it did okay. And King, it it's, uh, says it was a five million budget, probably made around twenty million. So not a, not a huge hit. Modest, I think it got kind of mid reviews. I but mean, Friday the Thirteenth 3D probably made forty million that same right. year. That kind of thing. This is the same year that Christine came out. I think actually, is they it were 80, both nineteen eighty three. Yeah. Yes. Turning forty this Man, year. Killer dog, killer car. How are these so good? How are these so good? I know Cujo wasn't praised critically at the time. I think the critics are more good than bad for Cujo. But when Kathy Bates can win an Oscar for Misery, Mm. for Stephen King material, D. Wallace, Kathy Bates is the queen. Sure. Don't get me wrong. I think D. Wallace in in Cujo takes my my king horror actress. More More than Sissy Spacek. More than Piper Laurie, who heavy hitters, but that's a, yeah, that's if some, Kathy uh, Bates can win the Oscar for <laughs> Misery, Cujo feels there for me. I know I always make the dumb art. This is an Oscar word. I know I throw <laughs> that around a lot. I know it, but I am sincere. Well, it's uh, it's something where yeah, she uh, transcends the you know the material or whatever the you know, the, the whole the whole crew here. Teague as the director, the actors. The story itself transcends the killer dog story. Of course. You know, I think that's what. This could have been trash. This could have been cheap. This could have been a. It's like. This could have been a real Roger Corman kind of a a bit. And And there's a lot of those, you know, 
isn't there like a man's best friend movie where it's like there cyborg was, dogs and stuff? There's you know it's like these get silly. We got some. But this I think is not a silly movie. I actually think that because they all came in the early '90s, and so weirdly enough, I think all the killer dog movies were more inspired by. Hey, Beethoven's back in theaters now. Want to bring this back? Because <laughs> it's not like after Cujo, there was a bunch of ones in the 80s. But mm-hmm. Man's Best Friend was 93. Yeah. <laughs> 10 okay. years after Cujo. Well, they were. that was also the time when every actor had to do like a cop and a dog movie. <laughs> we, we were getting... We passed Turner and Hooch we by got then. so much Turner and Hooch and K-9 and Top Dog and... Is like, Top Dog the one where Mark Harmon's next? What's the one where Mark Harmon's next to a dog wearing sunglasses? That might be it. Is that Top no, Dog? No, that, that could just be Summer School, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's Summer School. What's that dog doing here? I, I, I want to say Top Dog is Chuck Norris. Oh, okay. Day. No, Top Dog is Chuck Norris. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to kill me with the Mark Harmon cool dog. I think the do- I forget if Mark Harmon's wearing the Hawaiian shirt or if the dog is wearing I, the Hawaiian shirt. I think they shirt. both might they be, could, yeah. Oh, I don't know. That's over the... That's, that's beyond the pain. This is all... But then, you know, then when you get Air Bud, then the whole genre just turns into a kitty. Kitty genre. Seventh inning fetch is pretty dark. <laughs> World pup, that's kid stuff. Sure. But spikes back and seventh inning fetch. Wide re- ride retriever <laughs> is <laughs> like, yeah, Cujo is an animal movie. This shouldn't be scary. They went through so many animals aren't scary. They're cool. This dog is fist bumping us, even though he's just ma- <laughs> even though this. Is... But movies for too much of my childhood were just a fake paw on a stick going into like a team <laughs> huddle, or like Michael J. Fox doing the voice of a dog or something, right? Yeah, it, or like Wishbone. Mm-hmm. I was watching a a dog from Frasier act out the classics. <laughs> Wishbones, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Is that the same dog as in the Little Rascals nineties I mean, movie? They probably used a few dogs. These, I'm not sure how long lifespan these dogs. Well, yeah, we grew up in the era of Spuds McKenzie. Yes, like dogs were fun. Dogs were cool dudes during my childhood. Cujo would have wrecked me. I am glad I was shielded from Cujo. I'm glad this was not a ubiquitous like classic at the time because if it was around for where I could see it. I couldn't have handled it. Yeah. It would have been all of my worst real-life fears, like, mocking me. I, I'm glad I didn't see it till my 20s. But it still scares me now. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm over all the things that actually happen to me. <laughs> I'm somehow not afraid You're of like, dogs I'm fine, at all. guys. Yeah, I am a cat cool. person, but I'm not just, like, climbing somebody's lamppost at the sight of any kind of dog, right? Yeah. Well, somehow, I'll tell you. What a we, miracle. We have a little, like, you know, 11-pound chihuahua mix, and it's like... Now that I have a kid, I'm like, I don't think I need a dog any bigger than that. I yep. don't need a Cujo-sized dog in my house no. with, a, with a kid running around. You watch this movie, man? I think I sent you some text that's just like, really really soak into Cujo. Let this thing scare you. Yeah. Oh, it's all the worst fears. Like I was saying, it's all the worst dad fears you could possibly have. Or parent fears. Yeah. That, yeah. All right, Charlie, I'm going out of town for two days. <laughs> all you have to do is drop the car off. Like, no problem. Yeah. Also, you're having an affair. Also, <laughs> you're covering, you know, also your wife's having the worst day of her, prof- like, oh. Yeah. Also, my kid's a total pussy. Yeah. <laughs> no. <Jeez. laughs> also, you're going to be shaking your kid like a violent sack of. No, I'm, like, I, it's like we have like a little emergency kit in the back of the of the car. And it, it occurred to me, it's like, I have no idea what's in there. You <laughs> <laughs> should be on this. I probably should put some bottles of water in the in my car just in case. You felt you never know. I felt so connected with her and the camera pick that you say Yonda Yonda Bomb uh. captured this. The way the camera would show her perspectives, and then you wouldn't even be thinking about when it was just showing these quick camera darting looks as she was looking for any way out of this, anything. She was looking for any answer mm-hmm. and finding none. It's so scary. This movie is... <laughs> I Sitting down one. and thinking what my actual one. scary movies were, I'm not sure how many will be above Cujo. Mm. This gets scary and scary. Like, I gotta stop watching Cujo. <laughs> God, Knock it off, man. <laughs> I don't think... Think we can get another scary dog movie? They t- I don't think we've gotten so. a lot since... We've gotten werewolf movies. It's easy, too mm. easy to go to werewolf. Mm-hmm. It's hard to just do one dog. 
Yeah, just one dog. One, not a pack of wild dogs. Yeah. I could see doing definitely doing a pack of dogs. Even making fun of the killer shrews for being dogs wearing fursuits. That's one thing. It was still many dogs. Still eight dogs. Yeah. It'd be hard to fight eight dogs. One dog. To make one dog scary? Came to this. <laughs> it did come to this. That's hard. Teague did it. You got to be the master Teague horror. Yeah, right? Perfect use of everybody. Perfect use of King's source material. Yon de Bonk. The perfect <laughs> main casting. This is just nothing but hits. Nothing but wins. Yeah. Find Cujo. Where'd you watch Cujo? You got it on the disc? I got it on the disc. Oh, uh, this, this is a disc one. You know, it's funny. is that There's no image of the dog on the front or back of the disc. What is the image? So it's uh, it's like the, the, the poster or the front cover is like the house in the background, like the their house in the background, and then like a white picket fence with Cujo sp- you know, splattered oh. in blood. And then the back, it's like three pictures of D. Wallace. No dog. <laughs> no <laughs> dog pictures. Any Danny? I think Danny you get a. You, I think you get a uh, limp Danny. One of her <laughs> carrying. It's like it's like just... one of her carrying limp Danny. Was that the floppiest realistic corpse kid you've ever seen? <laughs> that kid was so droopy. Uh, it's like, what's my inspiration? <laughs> well, you're dead, Danny. No, you're uh, dead, buddy. Yeah. That CPR scene. The kid looks like he is never gonna breathe, and she is sobbing. He is. She's hyperventilating. Her giving him mouth to mouth, and. When he finally sputters, and she is just weeping, and then that asshole dog crashes through the glass. This movie, <laughs> it's great. It's good. Yeah, you can rent it on Amazon Prime for like four bucks or something. Deal. You can use. It's, so it's available it. on Laserdisc or. It's on the disc. Prime. It's on the Prime. disc. We have come. I think I saw uh, someone we know was saying that they're coming out with a new Blu-ray or something for the fortieth this summer. So. Awesome. Go get the steel book or, or whatever they, they eventually <laughs> release it on. Movie. Yeah. This is ripe for King. This if you're yeah, I mean, I feel like if you're a horror guy, obviously a Stephen King guy, but if you're a horror guy or gal or a person, this has got to be in the collection. You tell me. This has got to be in the collection. Nobody can tell me with a straight face that Skinamarink is scarier than Cujo. <laughs> the scariest movie of all time. You tell me to my face. Go back what's to back scarier on these than two. Cujo. Yeah, right. I want to know. Cause I'm not sure. That's a good question. What is? Yeah. What? Yeah. There's a handful. I will entertain but, all honest, serious answers, but I will tell you if it's not. You tell uh, me. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You tell Come us. Come back folks. to me with this. <laughs> Came to this. God, I gotta stop doing this to myself. <laughs> I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. Thank you for listening. And good night. <laughs>